0: This is Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This are brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center. Your one-stop shop for the best plants, trees, pots and decor, and greenest grass. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. They got you covered. Later this hour, Brad Treliving, the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Probably, I'm going to say like about 7.35 or so, if you want to be around for that. As always, you can grab the podcast. We throw up every hour of the show. Just moments after the hour itself has come to an end. So if you missed the uh, pinder on 11.
1: (laughs) Hey, man, there's only one first night of the playoffs. (laughs) Screw you. Uh, well, you you're not allowed to be excited. We can't have nice things.
0: No, it's fine. I just, it's the uh, you're 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 full today. Your your head is full of
1: blood. You have uh, your you've got your juices are flowing today. I've been uh, well rested. Yeah, you would have been proud of me on Saturday. Hey, buddies like, oh, we're gonna go here. We're gonna go there. We'll meet here. I'll get drink there and then go here. Yeah. Oh, well, another guy said, hey, okay, we're over here. We're going to go there. We well, you got, got there, a lot of buddies. buddies. Yeah, you got a lot of buddies. And instead I said, uh, nope, honey, let's, uh, let's go to bed and watch an episode of Ozark. How many episodes are you in? Final season? I have no idea where we're at, but it's, um, where are we at? Uh, the chef from Chicago just at the casino.
0: Oh, that's last season. Yeah, season five. So
1: we got some runway left. Yeah. But do you see me banking brownie points? You see, do you see me working here? Do you understand what I'm doing? I, I do. Do you I know do. how hard it is for me to say no to going out? I do. I do. Hmm?
0: I am, yeah. I, Eyes yeah.
1: on the prize, Dean. I don't, I don't ever
0: think that you're losing in this game, though, of the... No, of course not. But it doesn't mean I don't have to be tactical
1: and strategic now. Yeah.
0: Man. I feel like you always owe the bank... Some yeah. points, some brownie points.
1: Yeah. And uh your inner rears. I know I'm an assistant coach, but you're taking the kids to soccer tonight because I'm commissioner of the playoff pool and the draft school oh, tonight I see, girl. in the basement of that pub
0: there. If I could have had a little more heads up. Uh Cam Moon will join us in hour number three. Oilers open tonight. So we'll talk in uh, in greater detail about that one. A lot of a lot of eyeballs, man, on this one. I don't know if you had to guess, what's the what's the pressure like up there? Is there pressure? Oh yeah, I mean, beyond that's another year of McDavid. Beyond that, yeah. is there is there real? It's it's been a fine season. They've been tremendous since Jay Woodcroft took over.
1: They have, and I think the you're right in the sense that there's always going to be that conversation as long as Leon or, and Connor are there. It's like, well, you got two stars. Could you win more than one round? Because they haven't. They've won one round in McDavid's tenure. Yeah, That's it. That's not good enough. We know that. But, but beyond that, how about the GM going, okay, we only got so much cap space. Uh, come on in, Kulak and Kane not getting a goalie. Mike Smith's been great down the stretch. Koskinen has always got better numbers when they use him more sparingly. They found that mix down the stretch. But none of that matters if they don't get saves the next two weeks. If Mike Smith comes out and looked mm-hmm. like he did in the bubble against Chicago that's going to be some serious fire. So I think there's pressure on that front.
0: Their save percentage, their goals against goals for have all been very good since February 11th. Now, this is a small sample. I don't think it's a small sample. It's, it's enough time. Jay Woodcroft has made a difference, whether it's in tone, tenor, coaching. I know that uh, our old friend uh, Derek Ryan had some, not so much scathing comments, but he uh, he's like, it's nice pretty to be honest. We've got, a,
1: we've got a plan here. And he's a guy that's like way better since that change. Yeah. You didn't know what, like, wow, what happened to Darren Ryan? He wasn't that bad two years ago. Like, he is just, I don't even notice him. And, now, and then it's like a hat trick, a goal here, chipping in again. Woodcraft got him going.
0: Yeah. Since taking over behind the bench, Jay Woodcroft, Oilers 26, 9, and 3 from that point on. That's elite numbers. And I don't know that uh, we saw the Kings. And one night, you could see why they were in the mix for a playoff spot, why they led in that race for home ice in that uh, 2-3 spot for a good chunk of time. Tenacious on the forecheck, got some saves. Cal Peterson, good. Jonathan Quick, good. And they were were no fun to play against. And then you saw them mm, a couple nights later, say, okay, well, maybe. So which was the one-off? Six players only from the last time the Kings made the playoffs, which was in 2018. So, are they trending upwards? You would think. Got some good young players. I like uh, this Adrian Kempe. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's been around for a while, but watching him in the games, certainly, that he played against the Flames, this guy was dangerous. Guy could shoot it, score, good player. But I like the Oilers, certainly, in this series. If they can get that kind of goaltending from Mike Smith, like they've been giving him, or like he's been giving them for the last couple months, he's a good player. He's a playoff performer. He was good as a flame as a play in in the postseason. We all remember that, and it's only going to take one game, however, of shaky net minding in Edmonton mm-hmm. for things to really start to tighten up.
1: I think it's a good matchup for Edmonton in the sense that the mo of LA isn't to trade chances and like okay, let's win six five. Um, so, you know, it's not going to be high-event hockey, I don't expect, so it shouldn't be the worst sort of workload for a goalie. But they're also a team that's not going to beat themselves. They're going to be really comfy just saying, okay, we're going to trap the crap out of you, play 0-0, zero, zero, and, you know, let let the puck bounce one way or the other, and we like our goalie, you like yours, let's see how it goes. You so, Dano so- and Kopitar, that's, there's a lot of neutralizing ability there mm-hmm. defensively four
0: series start tonight moon coming up hour three the first game that will be uh for your viewing pleasure tonight boston in carolina to take on the canes the uh mentioned earlier they played each other three times this year it was carolina each time 16 to 1 they outscored the boston bruins sebastian aho has been the guy for them he uh only three players in franchise history now. But again, this is a team that did go and they won a cup. Only three players have more postseason goals already than yeah, Sebastian. Well, he played Amo. in the final four a couple of years ago too, yeah. didn't he? And you feel like this is one of those teams. Were it not for Tampa Bay, were it not for where they sat? that this is because
1: they've had good goaltending, they've had good defense. Yeah, they've been defensively one of the. Like if you just look at shots against chances against, that's the the identity this team's been built around, and if it's the coach, to be fair. They've always had deep blue lines. They've always gone and shopped in the bargain bin but got great goaltending. So who's it? Who's their goaltender? Frederick Anderson
0: ruled out for game number one. Peter. Well, Rod Brindamore said, quote, it's not going to be Freddie, I can tell you that. He did touch the ice today, so you can take what you want out of that. He was asked, uh, so, the anti-Ranta, maybe we'll see. Hmm. Ranta this year, 15-5-4, a 2.45 goals against, 9-12 save percentage. Of course, he and Anderson combining for the uh, Williams-Jennings draw. That's pretty good. Now, you mentioned Peter Kochetkov, second rounder in 2019, has come in, has not lost, 2.42 goals against, nine oh two save percentage in three games, started two of them. It will be Ranta and Uncle Ante, Uncle Ante, depending on how uh, Pietor, how it goes. But hey, go ahead, Ranta. It's your net. Go ahead, go ahead. You want know, to stay healthy for stay sixty healthy, minutes? Play well.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, you had an injury scare since Anderson went down. Yes, he did. And and if it was another team, I'd worry more. It's never been about the name bar of the goaltender in Carolina. It just hasn't been. Rhyme dog, Nedeljkovic. Freddie Anderson coming off the worst year of his career, Peter Mrazik when Detroit didn't want to qualify him. They have been they love a no name bargain bin goalie.
0: Yeah, which is why I I feel like Carolina. This is their series to lose. Yes, I'm, yes. They six game winning streak coming in won eight of their final ten. This is Carolina, and if the goaltending doesn't completely flop. No, that's it. It feels like
1: like the Bruins. It's last call for the Bruins, isn't it? That this is, yeah. Now, the the perfection line is there. The Hampus Lindholm ad is a significant one as it gives them a dynamic pairing that you could place amongst the best in the league. Him and McAvoy, you're like, all right, that was a good fit. Like, you you probably aren't going to like the last half of that extension, but who cares? Everyone's gone by then anyway. So that buys them some time. I'd still wonder if they know who their guy is in net. Swayman has been really good at times this year he's also been in minors at times this year Rask's re- re- return didn't work return turned to retirement and they gave Olmark the big contract and it's been a very mixed bag this season albeit I think stronger down the stretch
0: now it's it sounds kind of silly if Bruins fans would be like what are you talking about the final they won 51 games so in fairness, there I don't think that they're, they're not necessarily, your uh, eight seed, seven seed, right? But when you watch this team, it still feels like it's Bergeron, Marchand, now Pasternak's. He's only twenty five, but you still, and I still feel like it's their, it's their team. And until recently, Jake DeBrusk really hadn't had a season or hadn't looked like a guy who was ready to pick nice up the slack. Lofty,
1: you know. and Taylor Hall and Eric Halla, that's a nice little fit there. All of a sudden,
0: yeah. And on the back end, Charlie McAvoy, he of the $9.5 million per please club. That kicks Oof. in next year. Brandon Carlo, good young defenseman. Our boy uh, Sugar, Derek Forbort. Sugar. So I don't know. I still think uh, this feels like a Carolina win to me. The other series uh, moving on tonight.
2: wants to be a good uh, series,
1: I'd be okay with that, Dean. You know, the rain on the parade. If they want to go 6-7. I'll tune in. i am yeah, I'll watch. I don't care. Or early start times for yeah. you?
0: Settle in. Yeah. I don't I don't, I don't care who wins that series to be quite honest. I I like Boston a lot. I like Marchand.
1: You like Sugar. I
0: sugar. like Sugar. Pasternack at score? Go ahead. I don't care. Get Caroline out. Sure. Whatever. I like Rod the Bod. Rod the Love Rod the Bod. Bay. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Mother. and Toronto. The uh, Did you see the quote from uh, old Sheldon Keith?
1: Yeah, something about um, war, violence, trenches, limbs missing, uh, pools of blood. He um, went back, uh, Sheldon Keith, coach of the, uh, he went back and watched
0: the most recent, uh, the, the win streak for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know if you knew this, they've won eight straight postseason series.
1: They have uh, not lost in the postseason qu- often in the last two years, I noticed. Right from the bubble till now. Pretty darn good.
0: So Keith, doing his homework, went back, watched some of this Tampa Bay Lightning playoff Zabby, action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, quote, I expect it to be a very physical, borderline violent series Whoa. in a lot of ways. Whoa. And our guys will be ready for that.
1: Really? Because when you played them a week ago, you didn't look ready for it. What was that, 8-2 Tampa?
0: Ooh. We've done it. We've done it through the season. We expect it. We got a taste of it when we were down in Tampa. I've watched them through their playoff runs. I've rewatched it since. They're going to be physical. They're going to be competitive. And this, uh... This is now in Toronto and for Leaf fans. This is where the, and it's probably, it'd be the same thing here. Mm-hmm. If Goudreau falls off a cliff, love affair is over. In Toronto, Mitch Marner is at an unbelievable season. If he now watches his production tail off, mm. pitchforks.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, there's already people that have said this group can't win and have written them off before the series started. And to be fair, like they're up against the back-to-back two-time champs. It's a horrible draw for a team that had the number of points they had in the regular season to have to roll in against Tampa. And it's like, oh, this is the problem with the playoff format. Well, it's also why round one's so bleeping good. And guess what? If you can't beat Tampa now, you're not winning a cup anyway. And maybe it, when it's all
0: said and done, maybe this is a good draw. This is a team that has played a lot of hockey in the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can... You can find a way to exploit that a little bit. Maybe you are the more fresh team out of the two. It's hard, though. It's sure hard. If if you paid any attention to the end of this season or any of the last two years, they are battle-tested. They know what it takes. They've risen to the occasion. Their goaltending is very
1: good. How are you going to pick Campbell over Vassilovsky? You're not. Who do you like more than Victor Hedman on the Leafs blue line? No one. Who is going to be better than... Stamkos, Kucherov, point for the Leafs. And Matthews got to be great. William Nylander, not flashes. Need it for all the games in this series. And to your point, Mitch Marner, great regular season means squat if you can't show up in the next two weeks. Pressure's on big time in Toronto, big time. And they're favored in sports books, which is surprising. Um, they do have home ice. A lot of the probability models like that. But if you just go and look at the body language and the tail of the tape in terms of how playoffs have gone the last three, four years for these two franchises, it feels like a mismatch the other way.
0: So do you want them to lose? Because
1: there's a lot of people, regardless, Leafs lose. I mean, yes and no. I, I love Tampa. It would be neat to see them make a charge for three. Like we really haven't – that would be – in the in cap era, that would just be – the highest of highs, like to to actually have a real dynasty inside a cap era, remarkable stuff. Like we saw the penguins go back to back and you're like, wow, look at that. Hey, you know, Chicago did it. What three times in five or six years, LA twice in three years, I believe. But if you could do three in a row, that would be modern era, best of all time stuff. Like since the cap came in, no one's even flirted with it. But the flip side is, is like everyone's calling the Leafs dead. The, the, the narrative would be when everyone thinks you're dead, to not. Or just get through round one, get the expectations even higher, and then have your heart ripped up by Florida. Something like that I'd be in with. Do you think people think they're dead or just Yes. That- there's been people all year saying they're screwed, this team isn't built properly, the Leafs. Now, it's that market. If, if the exact same results happened in Sunrise, Florida, there's not the knives and the pitchforks and the heat and the pressure. We get it. But there are people saying this team is flawed, this GM doesn't build teams the right way. And to be fair, they just haven't been at their best, nor have they gotten any luck in the playoffs. They lose their captain in the first period of Game One, and still were a post away from beating the Habs in five. They didn't get a bounce, and did, and are they mental? You know, miniature humans? I don't know. I, uh, like I, like, I know. but that's the narrative, and I kind of like to see those narratives. Exploded a bit.
0: It's the same thing until you've done it, people will be able to say you can't. And right totally. now, yep. until they do it, yep. Marner can't do it and Campbell can't do it and Austin Matthews yep. can't do and it. They're
1: they- not tough well, enough, and there's too many individuals and the goal Riley can't do it. Yeah, no, and it's this GM's not smart enough. This coach isn't the next one. Like, think about the, the regular seasons that they've put together since they tanked for Matthews. They've been phenomenal. The postseasons have been nightmares, but if you just look at, okay, it's a crapshoot tournament. We can control what happens over 82 games. They've been one of the best teams in the NHL, and we have people that are very smart coming on saying, Dubas might not get a job for a while if, if this goes the wrong way. How many teams would take the last five, six regular seasons they've had? Like, they might be the best team in the NHL the last five, six regular seasons.
0: This year, only Colorado and Florida had more home victories than did the Leafs. 7-2-1 coming in, 54 victories, 115 points. Now, is Tampa right there? Yeah, 51 wins, 110 points.
1: Text line, does Toronto have the most pressure to get out of round one? I don't see a team with more. I mean, there's expectations in Colorado and Florida that are pretty big. And I think there's changes coming in Colorado if they yeah. can't get to round three because that's where, where their hurdles been. They haven't been to get to, get to round three. But if you want to talk about pressure to win in round one, I don't think it's any greater than it is in Toronto. And that's because of the fan base, and that's because of the media. It's the market and the history and the media.
0: Yeah. We'll break. Brad Living Flames GM, going to give us a ring next. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Boomer in the Morning
2: is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Calgary. Guest Hotline,
0: brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 13 time Consumer Choice Award winner. For every dollar you spend, earn points towards free pizza with their rewards program Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. Boomer of the Morning, brought to you by Sundry Golf Club, sundrygolf.com. Book it, get it. Do it. Next hour, Cam Moon as the Oilers get set for round one against the Los Angeles Kings. For the Flames and their fans, a day to kind of ease into it. Get your heart rate up. Stretch out. Don't want anybody pulling anything because tomorrow night it is on at the Dome Stars Flames. Our next guest will be there. Oh, is that right? He will be there. One of the lucky uh, lucky few to actually have a spot in the uh, did he the get dome? it on that
1: presale last Monday? You know, I'm not sure. You got Flames a, insider, yeah.
0: Flames GM uh, Brad Living. You got to watch some of those websites. There, they could be some fakes out there. Hopefully, you got a good a receipt or you really kind of checked out before you bought.
2: Well we'll see. We'll see if they let
0: me in. Yeah, because that'd be <laughs> embarrassing, right? The GM trying to scan his phone to get in and they won't let you in? That
1: I mean, happened to Messiah's jury at the Raptors. It did happen, so yeah. You don't want that happening. Right, you know. got to watch that. Lawsuits, all kinds of nastiness.
0: So yeah. so I know for us, and we've, we we bellyache all the time and we complain. That's kind of just our nature. But we have, uh quite honestly, we found it a little tricky the last couple of weeks. It's been, uh we, let's get to the postseason. Let's wrap these games up. Let's get to the games that now matter. So on one hand a uh, nice luxury to have when the playoffs are nailed down with a couple of weeks left. What was it like for you watching the games, being around the team over the last say week to 10 days as you, you knew you were in, you didn't know who you were playing, but uh, let's get these games done.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm proud of the group because they really didn't go about it that way. They, 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 you know, listen, we, we all knew the, the situation we were in Um but we talked a lot about not being able to, you know, flip flick a switch two weeks from now, <clears throat> and so we wanted to get our game in a certain to a certain level that that carries over into the post postseason. Listen, you're never going to replicate what's going to in the regular season what's going to happen, you know, starting tomorrow night. But um, you know, I was proud of how the guys played. They played hard. They competed hard. We wanted we wanted to get as many points as we possibly could. But most importantly, we wanted to be going in. You know, playing well, and I think uh, you know we're going in healthy, which was was goal number one here down the stretch. and number two, I think we're going in uh, with some momentum.
1: Take us back to eighteen nineteen because we happened to be on some uh, list or excuse me a, a client trip through California, and you'd rested a bunch of your guys down the stretch. Obviously, we all know how that first round series of Colorado went, and I believe in your exit chats with the media, you'd noted that you'll probably do things differently next time is there a philosophical shift or is it just year over year and different coach? Everything's different now. No point, you know, taking notes from what worked or didn't work that year.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you read too much into it, Ryan. I mean, listen, we back to eighteen nineteen. it wasn't so much just resting people. You always have guys dealing with, you know, a bump or bruise here. And, and, uh, you know, at that time, I, you know, remember vividly, we keep, we keep a lot of records of everything we do. And, you know, we had clinched. We had clinched back then in in a game in San Jose, and uh, we had a back-to-back the next night in L.A. And we pulled a few guys out. A little, you know, everybody was dealing with a little something, but nothing too major. Um, and really, in 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 retrospect, you look back at it and and felt, you know, you never put a guy in harm's way. So so if if there is an injury, great and we'll deal with that and we'll 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 get them we'll deal with them properly but if not you know let's keep guys in a rhythm and i think guys not even so much of pulling guys out of the lineup as much as just the mentality of you know let's let's not take our foot off the gas and you know that's you know that one stuck with me as we as we talked to guys not only after that playoff round but you know ever since so you know that's that's sort of the mentality we came in with with this group is, you know, we clinched, but there was still reason to to keep pushing forward and, and reason to, you know, to to keep keep our group together. And if if there was something that we had to deal with injury wise, we kept somebody out. Um, you know, we managed Marquis minutes a little bit, and uh, the whole the whole idea isn't to be rested, having guys rested going in, but having guys ready going in, and uh, you know hey where where are we're at now i uh, i like where our group's at, and uh get a good skate in here today, and get ready to go to home
0: now, I know the guys were uh were asked about it on Saturday if they were watching the Nashville game against Arizona, you know you guys had a game of your own, and then you were on the plane mm-hmm. and that uh is that a it, it was a stunner for sure I don't know who was more the coyotes the predators, the stars either way. You you get on a plane, you're thinking it's Nashville, you get off a plane, and it's the Dallas Stars. What was that experience like?
2: Well, we've been kind of, you know, in that situation for the last little bit. I mean, up until two days before, th- th- there was still a possibility of playing four different teams. So, you know, the coaches were going about their business in terms of prep for for a few different teams. Um I've always thought, I mean, just the way the math worked out, I you know, we we were kind of always thinking we were playing Dallas. Um, probably for the last couple of weeks of 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 how we thought we were it was gonna shake out. And then obviously on whatever day that was, Friday night I guess yeah. it was. Um, you know, we got one update that that uh, Nashville was way up and I put my head on the pillow on the plane and woke up and I guess a lot of things had happened. We had E-bugs in the net, we had all sorts of stuff. So we're like, you know what, here's the thing, is every team's good. You know, every team is good, and that's not just a cliche. Look at, you got to get almost 100 points to get in. We know the team we're playing has got lots of playoff experience. They've, they've gone on long runs here recently. Um, so, it does, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're playing a really good team, and we're playing one in Dallas. And and uh, so we'll we'll, you know, now that's the challenge for us.
1: We've seen a lot of discussion in the last four or five years about the playoff format being in division rather than that one versus eight in the conference. Uh, you get more regional rivals, there's less travel in theory, but maybe it's not the most uh, equitable format out there. How do you feel about it? As, uh, it's not necessarily affecting you guys, you're playing a wild card, but there, there are a lot of good teams clashing in division early in round one.
2: Yeah, I think right now Ryan will worry about those. Discussions later. I, I don't know. I just think the league. There's so much parity. Whatever. And I know what you're saying. And you know, you get a one-eight, and 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 if you finish as a one-seed, you know, um, you know, to, to try to get every advantage you can. But at the end of the day, every team's good. You know, it, the the days of going into the playoffs. I remember when it was a you know the top-seeded team, and and you know it was going to be a an upset of all upsets if the if the top team lost. You look at you look at you look at teams now, I mean w- at what point in the in our league recently have you you know you could have a team that legitimately is a Stanley Cup contender or could lose in the first round that's just how close that's how close the league is, and that's how hard it is to make the playoffs you know and that's in and, and and again, it's not a motherhood statement um and everybody talks about oh, you know everybody's just going to get in the playoffs it's a given. It, it it's it's it it's a feat to get in because you've got to play, you know, you've almost got to play over 600 hockey now to get into the playoffs, and you have to do that over six months, and you have to stay healthy, and you got to avoid all the pitfalls that you can, you know, you have to go through. So, um, regardless of what format now, it's just the parity is it, it's 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 you know you look you look at going into this this series, and I know we we're, we're set up. In a, in a, you know, in a division series, but going into these playoffs, look at every series. I mean, it's pick them all the way through. It's that's how tight it is. That's 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 where a league is right now. And I think it makes it gives all of us uh, management and coaches gray hair and all the rest of it. But it's it's great for the fans. And I think you're going to see some. I think the series you you go through each one of them. There's going to be some unbelievable matchups.
0: Brad, are living our guest here on Sportsnet. There was, as there is every year, and there has been, there was after, I, th- I think in 19 and 2020, and then last year, there's been a lot, and some of it's been from us in the media and then fans and all of that. There's been that uh, hue and cry, blow it up, make some changes. You got it. This, it. We've seen enough. This team, this core cannot do it. Now, only 10 players remain from that 2020 team. So that's when I mean, we were talking about half, so that's, that's pretty good turnover. But how close were you? And you don't need to name names. We know who they are, but there's that group of players, and I guess Jordano we knew was going to probably going to leave. But outside of that, were you close at all to moving one of the big forwards or defensemen this past off season?
2: Well, this off season was unique, as you said, because you had the, the the expansion draft, right? And uh, you know, I would I would say the most of the most of the discussions was. You know, with Seattle, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't want to lose Mark. Right. You know, that was—I'll I'll be very honest in saying that, and I've been very public in saying that since it happened. You know, that wasn't that wasn't the goal. But then you look at the, the options, and uh, and at the time, the, the cost to to not make that happen. I spoke with Mark. You know, we would talk daily throughout that process. Um, so that was that was chore number one, and then when it looked at you know, it, and we had spent a lot of time prior to getting to last off season, knowing that we had an expansion draft coming up. Um, and and beyond that, Boom, I've talked a lot about it. it is, And I've said it, and I've been criticized for it uh, a lot, but I believed in the group. And, uh, you know, this idea of just saying, okay, and I know there's lots of geniuses out there that just said, well, just, just blow up the core. And, I, I mean, it, it's a great soundbite, but, so, so get rid of good players and do what, you know? So when you, when you, when you, when you talk about just getting rid of good players, well, good luck trying to find them. And it takes, it's, it's hard to find good players. And, you know, it's like anything in life. If you, you're, you you try to find a way to make it better. You try to find a way to tweak it. You try to find a way to, to help um, support and that's, that was our goal coming in. And, and it started a year ago with bringing Daryl in um, and knowing the impact or really feeling the impact he could have not only on on the group, but on our most important people. And to me, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, that that's where I think separates, you know, good coaches from great co- or, or, or a coach from a great coach. Is you know you and I can coach the fourth line guys that just want to jump out there and they'll do anything they can to to work. You know the great ones can get the top players to, to 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 play at the top of their you know to to maximize their performance to play at the top of their ability and and when you do that and and felt if we could get our group to do that we've got we've got some really really good players and so it started there and then I give the players a whole lot of credit they you know we've talked a lot about they they, they love playing with each other they really felt that they you know they wanted to accomplish something they're sick and tired of not accomplish something as well so um, you know they're they're a really competitive group and I just kept coming back to that really good players that are really competitive if we can find ways to best support them whether it be through coaching whether it be through uh, you know, tweaking our lineup—that—that that was what we tried to do.
0: I want to ask you about Matthew Kachuk. He is—it uh, was amazing watching him in that game against the Predators last week, where he was just right in the thick of it. There was nobody happier to be uh, with that s-eating grin in the play, in the in the box, and the whole thing. So I—I I, I think everybody's pumped to watch Matthew and what he might be able to do. Now that we sit here, 82 games later. Are you able to put a finger on what it was that had Matthew so far away from his game? Because it's now clearly the outlier last year. There was something not quite right with him. Whether it's COVID, whether it's lack of fans, he feeds off the energy or or what it is because he responded better than anybody thought he was maybe possible or capable of doing.
2: Yeah, I think there's a number of factors. I mean, again, I come back to it and matthew's a a special player, right, and we all know he's a unique player, so you know from the daily draft and we knew we had we had we had a really really good player, and a unique player that is is so capable to put up big numbers offensively can impact the game in so many different ways you know how many how many guys well how many guys that you know over the last number of years have ever gotten hundred points and, and can do all the other things that he can do to to stir the pod in the game um you know last year you know a lot of things Matthew Matthew came Matthew Matthew had an injury the previous year um you know he hurt his he he got hurt in the bubble uh had an ankle injury that that that. you know it 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 lingered a little bit and it it affected his off ice training and what he could do and he you know it just it was one of those things that all you could do is rest it out um so so there's a there's a physical ailment that he, he dealt with over that off season. Um and then I think you know, and this was a big part of it. If you go back really, you know, the last two years really how or, or from you know, March of twenty twenty, it's been so messed up with all the things that we that all of us have had to deal with and it's and it and it's affected different people different ways. I think it had an effect in our group. And I've said it many times. It's not an excuse by any means but it's something that you have to you have to take into consideration in my position when you're when you're making judgments and you're making decisions. And I don't think there's a player I don't think there's a player in the league uh that was or certainly on our team that was affected as much as as playing in front of no fans. I mean he he gets juiced up. I mean he loves to be you know, he loves to be in the in the pit and uh with the Lions with the uh, you know, everybody's screaming around him and that gets his juices flowing. And and so I think you take all those things into consideration. It was a, it was a tough year for everybody. I don't think it was just singling out Matthew, but you know, when we stepped back last year, uh, you know, those are all the things that we kind of looked at, but, and, and, and then, and then finally, boom, you forget he's a young player. I mean, he, he got through that year at 23 years old and, you know, go back in time and study all the top players and and, and look at their careers at twenty, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four years old. They're still maturing. I mean, there was a time when, you know, Nathan McKinnon at a certain age, they were like, "Well, what's wrong with Nathan McKinnon?" Nothing's wrong with him. They're just they're young players that are maturing and and they're going through all the steps that that young players go through. So, um, you know, he's he had a he had a had a great summer. He had a summer where he was healthy to to train. And uh and he's a hell of a player. So you see all that sort of sort of coming to fruition here this year. Uh
1: that line, the only trio on a team in the league that uh has forty goals. No other team has three forty goal guys. An incredible story for your top line. Dallas has got a good one as well. Uh what do you see uh in the matchup that, that's juicy or, or you know intriguing to you between these two clubs?
2: Well, I look at Dallas as just sort of that old war horse. They've got a lot of guys that have been there, right? You go through that lineup and they just, you know, I think they're a team that they've got, they've got proven winners that I think just, you know, they 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 just try to get in and then they, they know what to do at this time of the year. Um, you know, as you said, they've got a top line, you know, I don't know if there's been a player as productive as Joe Pavelski and at, at that age. What he's been through, you look at what he's done in the league the last number of years, and through over his career, an ultimate competitor, you know, hence, you know, who I think drives the line, big, strong, fast, powerful guy. And then Jason Jason Robertson has emerged in the last year and a half as a he's a legitimate star. You know, he's he can he's he can score from distance. He's he's got a lead hockey sense. Um, so if you just talk about that line, then that's. You know, for years, you know, Ben and Sagan have been the drivers of that team, and I think they still do when it gets to this time of the year. So you go up and down the lineup, it's, you know, the back end. We played these guys in the bubble. The back end, you know, Heiskanen is one of the best young players in the game. Uh, doesn't get as much credit as he should, but when you're talking about top young defensemen, he's he's right there at the top of the list. And, you know, so they're 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 a formidable team. Bones has been around, he's coached in a lot of uh playoff series. Um, you know, so from top to bottom, experienced, you know, top coaching, experienced lineup. They've got stars. Um, you know, they move pucks from the back end. They can beat you in a bunch of ways up front. So, you know, and we've played them before. So we you know, we know what we know what we're getting into and it's like I said, it's we've got a we've got a this whole idea of who, what the regular season records—I don't think we need a hoot starting tomorrow. This is—we've we, we, got a—you know—they're a problem, and, and we're going to have—we're going its going to take everything we got to, 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 to match up against these guys.
0: Brad, for Living Flames GM, is our guest here on Sportsnet. I think when you look across—I mean, you name the sport when. When the gentleman or the person who puts together the roster maybe doesn't have the same philosophy as the person who coaches the team, that's where things can go sideways. I think it's probably fair to say that you and Daryl Sutter are, are in the same hymn book. You, you love skill. You like to be able to score some goals, but you also need some grit and some gristle and uh, some intimidation. Fair to say you still think that intimidation is uh, a part of the game, and we've seen it a couple of times. We saw it certainly against Minnesota, the Nashville game. Throughout the season, your team has been heralded, if not the toughest, then the most rugged team in the National Hockey League. So for you, this is your fifth appearance in the playoffs as the GM. You have to feel, or how happy are you with the seemingly the the playoff style, the playoff nature that your team has as opposed to previous times that you've gone to the playoffs?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair, Boom. I mean, that, listen, Daryl's a... As I said many times, I think he's a hall of fame coach and and um you know i've I've watched him from afar for a long time and and I've known him for a long time and then getting the chance to work with him um you know we do we do see things very similar in terms of what we think you know um it takes to have a successful team and and the and the different ingredients and you know, as much as as skill and as graceful as our game is, um, you know, there's there's still it's still hand to hand combat, and 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 you need you need a level of, of of bite to to succeed not only during the regular season but especially at this time of the year. And uh, yeah. you know, as a wise man once t- told me before, it's like building a symphony. You need you know you need the clarinet and the and the trumpets and the and the uh saxophones, but then you need you know you need a couple of grunts to peck up the stage and move it after the orchestra's done playing, so it takes it takes everyone and i like i do like you know I do like the mix of the group that we have i think there's you know we can you know we've we've got a blend here that that allows us to do a lot of different jobs and at this time of the year uh, when things get tightened up and you know, I always say the rinks get smaller and I, and room disappears. You need, you need people to, you know, to to be able to be comfortable in those type, types of games and not only those types of things, but I think a big thing that Daryl's done is, is he's made, you know, he's, he's pushed our skill and, and they've pushed themselves to become more comfortable in, in tight games and, and, and sort of those games that are, that maybe have a little bit of heavy lifting in them and, and uh, so, yeah, we're, we, we we certainly see the game and the and the players through the same lens. And uh, you know, I'm I'm really excited to go go to, to bat here with this group. I, I they they've been through a lot, and uh, you know it doesn't it doesn't guarantee anything at all. But I'm I'm excited to see them perform here starting tomorrow.
1: So, are you losing your mind up there? Are you calm as can be? Is it tough to take the big picture view? Like you, you understand this time of year is where people get measured and legacies mm-hmm. are cemented and or you know crumbled. Like, are, are you going to be a nerve end watching from the rafters, or, or or is it or can you do you have the ability to step back and sort of be patient a bit and let things play out?
2: Yeah, I think I you know listen. I I I've been told I can be emotional at times in in uh, in the heat of the battle, but. No, you gotta step back and listen, you, you, it's in the the players and coaches' hands now. They they're they're the ones that you know, this is their time of the year. And uh but I think, you know, you're always observing, you know, you're always observing and, and, and what this time of the year does is you you always learn you know, in big moments you learn you learn you learn the most. You know, you learn the most of your people, you learn the most of yourself. Um and like I said, I think this group has been through, it's, there's still a lot of young people, but they've been through, you know, they've been through a lot of experiences. They've been through a lot of experiences together. They've been through some highs. They've been through some lows. Um, and it just feels like it's culminating to a point. And I, and, and, you know, they've reached this point, you know, they've, they've, they've gone through a lot of things and they've, they're, they've, they've sort of arrived at this point together, not to get poetic, but, you know, I just have felt that with this group that they've arrived to this point. to, You know, they really want to have success, and and like I said, that's we. It starts with a with a game. All we're worried about is one game, and that's tomorrow night. Um, but I like where they're at. I like where they're at mentally, physically. Um, you know, they've gone through they've gone through some battles together to prepare them, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, you we, we always talk about at the end of the season, you know, learning lessons, and they're only they're only important and they only are worthwhile if you learn from them. So, we've been through a lot of lessons of the group. Uh, I've been with this group for a while, the, the core group, and uh, I'm excited to watch them because I know they're excited to get started.
0: That's an interesting point because we, we, we've talked about all the career years, guys having career seasons. You you have a career year on a year like this where the team does well. You are going to feel like you're naturally part of the reason that there is success. There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of guys that have to be feeling pretty good about mm-hmm. where their game is at and what they did, their, their hand in this uh, division win.
2: Yeah, and I think, boom, that's the strength of our group. Um, as much as we've got, <clears throat> I mean, you need top players to have success and we've got top players, but if you look everybody's had a hand in the in the soup here you know and 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 it's depth and its contributions from you know go through the lineup you know obviously we have talked about the coach cuz we started with the goalies when i say goalies marky's been good but nobody knew who the hell danny vladar was at the beginning of the year and what did you get us? 28 points 29 points as a backup goaltender so you know he's had a he's had a hand in it you know our defense who, you know, weren't supposed to be able to play because they've lost, they lost a player from last year, so none of them were any good. They've all, you know, you look at what they've produced offensively and you've looked at the growth of, you know, Andy and Hanny to play against top players and, you know, Canov was the worst signing ever. He's sort of worked out okay and, you know, Shillington was the guy who, you know, was kind of forgotten about. He's worked out okay and then, you know, You guys are nuts are bringing in the two guys in the third pair. So they've all, you know, everybody there has had a hand in it. You can't, you can't say they haven't. And then you go up and down as much as the top line has been, and rightly so, given all the uh, been throwing all the flowers. You know, you look through the, you look, look, you know, through all the lineup, and you know Luch and the impact he's had with our group and you know, bringing over to Foley. look at Mans what he's done. And, you know, Coleman has been a huge addition to our group, not only what he's done on the ice, but, you know, his pedigree that he's brought and backs. And so I can go, you can go through the whole lineup. There isn't anybody that hasn't played a part in getting the team to here. And, you know, that's all great and fine and dandy. Now it's, you get to the most important time and it, what it does is it doesn't guarantee anything, but it gives you confidence that we've got a lot of guys. That and we're going to need a lot of guys to pull in the rope to to have any type of success at this type of year at this time of year. So, um, you know, good for them. They've all they've all been a part of it, and uh, and now we all get back to zero and start again.
0: I know it's a good problem to have, but uh, you realize, and in the, in a few weeks from now, if things go really well. Somebody's going to have to go pick that thing up, and you don't have a captain. So oh what's boy. the protocol here? What are you like? Are you going to get it? You need me to go you, get it? Like what, what are you? What are you, you asking? Well, I'm just—they don't have a captain. All of this without a captain. You'd know.
2: You know what? It we we'll, are not going to—we'll worry about that. All right. You know, we got lots of time to worry about that. but All right. We're going to worry about Tuesday night here and, <laughs> and figure out this first game first. You, make you sure
0: those tickets work to get in before you worry about that. You won't—you won't bring that up with Daryl today. You know, Daryl. Before we
2: start, should we? Uh, <laughs> i probably, I'd probably leave that one off the list. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. That. Probably a solid idea. No, I, the city's wound up, man. I know you can feel it. What's it like? Are, are you getting around when you're walking the streets and you're getting groceries and stuff? People must be all over you right now.
2: You know what? Boom, that's what makes this so cool. You know, what makes it cool is, is, uh, and that's really why you want to have success is because damn it, the, this city deserves it. And, uh, and there, you know, you can feel it. You can just feel it. It's different. You don't even need a calendar. Um, but you know, it's it's. You know, everybody's excited, and that's that's awesome. That's what makes it all. That's what it's all about, right? You you look for where we were a year ago with no fans and all the rest of it to to you know you 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 it, it really it really smacks you hard that this is all about you know the people to follow the team and. How important they are in this whole process, and maybe just as important as, important as anybody. So, yeah, <clears throat> the town's the town's cooking. That's awesome. That's uh, now it's up to us to make sure we give them uh, we give them something to cheer about.
0: Congrats on a great season. Good luck. Good luck. All right, guys.
2: Take All right, care.
0: guys. You bet. See ya. Brad Living Flames GM, getting ready for game number one tomorrow. Against the Dallas Stars.
1: Really is crazy. Like, there's not a lot of jobs where it's like, hey, for six months, you, everything was just sensational, amazing, and yet, like, okay, wipe it all off the, the wall, start fresh here. Yeah.
0: And it happens in every market. You have a great regular season, you get to the playoffs, like, well, that doesn't matter now.
1: It's like, yeah, well, that doesn't matter. No. Uh, yeah. Everyone's zero and zero right now. We'll see who goes one and zero tonight. We break, we'll come back. The other.
0: NHL team in this province. They don't get to wait till tomorrow. They got to be ready tonight. The LA Kings head into Edmonton to take on the Oilers. Game one of round one. Woo! Sportsnet 960, the fan.